Welcome to the Casual Temple Podcast, and you are listening to episode number 17, and I am your host, Marilee Duffy. Here at the Casual Temple, we explore a profound connection to the world of spirit and how that empowers us to know our true selves. If you're enjoying our mystical and magical content, please hit the like and follow buttons on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome cosmic explorers to today's episode. We delve into the age of Aquarius, guided by astrologer Eric Taylor. Eric helps us uncover the intricacies of building a birth chart before incarnating. And as a father of twin boys, Eric sheds light on how astrology reflects and differentiates their personalities. In a captivating twist, Eric shares a near-death experience where he entered various realms during a month-long coma. Tune in for this cosmic odyssey of wisdom, astrology, and metaphysical experiences. Welcome to the Casual Temple. This week, we welcome Eric Big E. Taylor, who is a professional intuitive astrologer and relationship coach. Thank you, Eric, for joining us on the Casual Temple. I'm so happy you're here. Thank (laughs) you so much, Beverly. I am so excited. And the minute you reached out to me and I found out you were from Seattle, and I was like, go Seahawks. But I was just like, (laughs) I tell people all the time, yes, I'm this astrologer, relationship, spiritual guy. But I'm like, don't forget, I'm a native New Yorker, and I am half Cro-Magnum man. I love my sports, so I definitely, uh, you know, respect your Seahawks. But my Steelers got to beat you guys last week. Oh, well, Uh, I will say, yeah, thank you. My husband is um, from Erie, Pennsylvania, so he's from a Steelers family, and I, I actually am a Steelers. I had to go Steelers because he said that's part of the marriage. Oh my God, that's awesome. (laughs) Oh, well now, now, as as they said in um, uh, Step Brothers, did we just become best friends? That's right. (laughs) Exactly. That's all it took. Like, yes. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh man. So I know you just have such an amazing story. Um, I do want to talk mainly about astrology because your astrology channel is probably, it is now my favorite Uh, one to tune into you're just you have such wonderful energy and you're so knowledgeable anyway it's amazing so I I really appreciate that (laughs) and one thing um one time I had someone I think it was a fellow astrologer comment Mm -hmm. and he's and he had said he said once I realized that you were a Virgo sun and a cap moon he was like and I looked at your channel he was like that's a workhorse your playlist he's like he's like you've been putting in work and I said yeah man I do I put in work. I I am proud to say that, you know, if you are even new to astrology and or you want to learn it, I always think that, you know, whether you wanted to become a professional or just learn it to know your chart and family and friends, it is good to take, let's say, like my level one astrology course, my basic Mm -hmm. foundations to learn. But I am proud that through my channel, you can pretty much see your entire birth chart with all the placements and get a really cool, you know, soulful perspective of of each placement, you know, from your Mercury in Leo or Sag, and then your, you know, your Mercury in the sixth house or whatever it is. And I try to, you know, do a deep dive and I'm always going to be me, you know, mm-hmm. always, I was I was prepared for the age of Aquarius and Pluto and Aquarius years ago because I only know how to be my true authentic self. And that's like the highest frequency for this time. Love, you know, so like the trine, right? Mm-hmm. Love, gratitude and being your true authentic self. And that's going to be the greatest currency in the age of Aquarius and definitely for the next 20 years. Oh, so. gosh, for real. So that's me. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm proud and I'm a Scorpio rising. So right. I'm proud to uh <laughs> 
I'm all earth and water. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a great combination for sure. Um, So can we start by kind of what were some early either spiritual or or paranormal experiences that kind of led you maybe into astrology that you would like to share? Well, you know, that's really an interesting question (laughs) because I don't really think there were any of those. Mm. I think for me, I grew up in New York City. Uh, my father's from Tampa, Florida, and then a Harlem businessman. My mother was born and raised in Harlem and a, and a school teacher. I knew growing up, I was a Virgo. My sister was a Libra. My dad was an Aries and my mother was a Taurus. And, you know, even though she was Catholic and he was Baptist, you know, <laughs> we definitely you know, I knew that little bit of astrology at a very young age. Mm -hmm. I, um, I can remember, you know, I was so curious. And I remember, I would always get the paper, I was an avid reader, but not necessarily books, you know, but I read the books, like, but it was like, about Pete Rose and Muhammad Ali, like I needed it to be about sports, and then I would read, but I read the newspaper every day. So I would start with the New York Post or Daily News and start with the sports section. And then I would go read the horoscope. And, you know, I know now that that's just your sun sign and you have this whole complex birth chart of sun and moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn for the inner planets. And then these generational outer planets, Uranus, Neptune and Pluto. And then these important asteroids and other placements like True Black Moon, Lilith and Chiron and the North and South Node. Mm -hmm. But growing up my whole life, I only just knew, but then I really would say I mastered sun sign astrology and had a great passion for it. And then even when I got into college, I um, was upstate New York for a few years at a small community college. And then I went to and then graduated from the University of Maryland at College Park. And I found this beautiful, big, it was like the, you know, big astrology book. I don't even remember the name of it, but it would break down the deacons. It would be like the week of the enigma, Virgo two. And it would let you know like, oh, you are good with, let's say a Capricorn one for work and a Pisces three for love or, you know, Sagittarius this for friendship. And it was so detailed, but when I, I remember clear as day, I'm sitting down and I read, you know, the um, second deacon, right? And so I'm on the Virgo Capricorn deacon, okay? And it was, it's titled The Week of the Enigma. And as soon as I read that, I was hooked because I, you know, was even in college, I was thinking of the future. I've kind of always been that innovative, futuristic, like Uranus type energy. Mm -hmm. I have 11th house stellium. So it really connects me to being that way um, in Virgo. And I I was thinking of a a one man show and I was going to title it E, the Energetic Enigma. So when I read that, the week of the enigma, I was just like, okay, you had me at hello, like, what's right. up? <laughs> like, that's wild, right? Yeah. So I to read, and I swear to you, it's, as, as I'm ha- maybe 60% through reading it, I'm like turning around to see if there's cameras anywhere to see, you know, like the Truman Show, like who's spying on me and watching my life. It was so detailed, and it was scary, but it was so like... I felt like someone had, you know, had an MRI and saw my kidneys, my liver, my right. heart. It was powerful. And from that point on, I was like, this is for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I can say 
I went through really that yin yang experience with it because in 1999, I previous uh, years before, actually a decade before, I met my half sister who was a Taurus, like my mother, and she lived in California. And I was a professional actor in New York City. And I had gone out to try to shop my first screenplay that I wrote and audition for some, you know, potential pilots or commercials. And so I was spending time in California with my good acting buddy and then spent time with my half sister. Well, I didn't know my sister was a born again Christian and she wasn't just like a Christian light. She was like, a, I call her a Christian thug. from oh. California. And she was the type of person that would come straight up to you and be like, oh, so if you die tonight, do you know if your soul's going to heaven or hell? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> so she was just like, boom. Wow. And so I started to go to church with her and I would go to Bible study and I loved it. And the pastor was amazing. She had a female pastor and it was a non-denominational Christian church right in, um, you know, not too far away from the Lakers old staple center. And, um, you know, and so she, uh, you know, I went to church one night in Bible study and, and I wound up giving myself, you know, my self to Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior. And so then immediately I just was like, oh, no way, astrology and blah, 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 and all this right. stuff, you know, and I, I don't regret getting rid of my big astrology book and all that. Yeah. But, you know, it was um, definitely an interesting time because things kept always bringing me and pulling me back even after 99 to astrology. You know, so that's kind of, you know, how, and, um, you know, if you want, I, well, I mean, I'm, I might as well just say it now, like it, it, it really triggered when and recharged in my life after I moved to Arizona in 2011, mm -hmm. left New York city, I got married in 08, um, and had my first son in 09. When I married my wife, I had a, immediately had a stepson. So he was my first son. He was a Virgo like me. Oh. And, um, so it was just great. And, you know, and then soon after we had, you know, our first child together, my second son. And, you know, I was just like, I can't raise these kids in New York. It's not the place where I grew up. Mm. And, you know, everything was a fight to get to work. I'd leave in the dark, come home in the dark get a fight to get a seat on the train. It was just too much stress. And then I'm like, oh, I got to worry about educating the boys and mm. couldn't afford private school. But then, you know, to get to a good public school, even though I lived in a nice neighborhood, there was a lottery. So it wasn't guaranteed that you would get in. I mean, it was just foolishness and it was just too much. Right. We moved to Arizona and I really needed it because I had a few surgeries. So humidity was like the devil for me. <sighs> My hands and, and feet would swell up. So the weekends I would need to recover to get back to work on Monday. So my wife was like, that's not good. You're in too much pain, love. And da, da, da. so we found a place, Arizona, no humidity, right. very dry. And, um, and you know, like probably 350 days of sunshine. So <laughs> I always tell people, yeah, it gets to 115, 120 and it sucks. But those three and a half months, we earned the nine and a half of like, or eight and a half of perfect weather. Like it is like, even the winter, like I feel embarrassed now when I say that it's cold and I'm like, oh my God, it's so cold. And they're like, what's the temperature? I'm like, oh, it's 62. Oh gosh. Or 58. And people looking at me like they want to cut me. Like, <laughs> right. and I know as a New Yorker, like, dude, I, I shouldn't even ever like utter those words mm -hmm. cold with like 50 <laughs> and 60. 
Um, but you know, when you're coming from 115, 62 degrees is freezing, you know? So it's all relative. And I have found with the drier climate, you don't feel the humidity. You really don't. So then the cold, it, it's bone chilling when there's no humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I say all that to say, I, um, before I left New York, I fractured my ankle really bad and crawled back to work the last two days of the school year to keep my, I was a teacher in the Bronx to keep my, uh, health insurance for the family. Mm-hmm. And it was bad. I, you know, was, they said it would have been better off with a clean break. And it was a block from my job. I went down on black ice, something that would never happen in Arizona. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, unless I was way up in the mountains near Flagstaff. But, you know, and um, when I came out here, I had to have a second surgery. Tibula, fibula, plate, screws, oh, just a mess. But I wound up getting valley fever. And it's mm-hmm. in a lot of the states. They have it in Washington, Fresno and Cali. It's like, it's a... It's like um, a fungus that really exists underground that usually gardeners or pets like dogs would get it. Mm-hmm. But you can get it if you're like, you know, around the soil or like in Arizona a lot of times, because um, that happens in Nevada, Utah as well, um, New Mexico, you can, you know, like a little dust storm. Right. It was so innocent. Do you know, I'm looking for the cable guy. I go to my front door because I see a car coming in and I look. And I walk outside, open the front door, and it was one of those like weird, puffy, cloudy days, like these yellow, puffy clouds. And like the movie Ghostbusters, a gust of wind came and was like, and I come inside and tell my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to be sick. She's like, what "What happened? I'm like, tell her. She's like, oh, okay, don't worry about it. Just sit down, get some water. I mean, the next day, I wound up in the ER. I, I was just like chest pains and nerve issues going down my left arm and then my wife was like and i had just come from a doctor appointment checking on my shoulder and she was like um well are you okay and i'm like i don't know and she's like well do you want to go to hospital and i was like i don't know i think maybe i should i was like i don't want to be some dumb stubborn man who all of a sudden just winds up dying at home because i don't want to go to hospital when i'm mm-hmm. feeling like i've never felt like in my life right like having heart like my heart was tightening and and like numbness going down my left arm and you know so needless to say it usually shows up in your lungs the valley fever it did Mm. not for me it went to my head and neck and i was producing mucus every day like as if i had the flu western medicine completely failed me it took me 17 months to get to a naturopathic doctor who then diagnosed it through the microdermal uh, screening where they do in great britain and england they're just starting to do it now in america maybe the last couple years but back in 2013 was not the case. Hmm. And I was getting sicker and sicker, just had the newborn twins who are now 10. And I, you know, I was in such pain, I could hardly help to my wife to feed them with bottles after a while. And when I finally got to this doctor and I got the medicine, which is called uh, antifungal diflucanazole, then I did garlic IVs. And when I tell you, I am like, I don't even want to get into like my weight and stuff, but I got so big that my face was like four or five times the size and it was all fluid and mucus. The lymphatic system was overrun. Mm. So that led me to researching on YouTube about health stuff. And then it got me into medical astrology and then back into astrology. And then I was like, well, I can't even really work a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I'm still battling this health. I was doing sports radio. We had gotten my buddy and I were doing this great show. We, were like hitting triples and home runs in the minor leagues, but neither one of us was a former athlete. 
And so we weren't getting picked up by like Fox, CBS, or ESPN. Now, CBS Sports offered us to show in the minor leagues in Arkansas for like no money. And I was like, uh, he was in New York. I'm in Arizona. I was like, we could do New York, LA or Arizona for some money, but not like, you know, our wives wouldn't go for it. You know, right. we had little kids like, just like get out of here with that. And so I, um, you know, so then we kind of, you know, wean down and we still like bring up, you know, fire up the show, you know, every once in a while, we're going to do like an NFL playoff preview next week, you know, because we love it, you know, and it's the tagline. It was Ray and Tay today. And the tagline was talking sports with friends because we've been friends since like 11, 12 years old, always talking sports, you know, so it was really cool. And um, but I the astrology was calling. There was that knock again. And it was like so. I decided to take a class and I studied with um, an amazing astrologer and it led me to becoming a professional astrologer myself. Her name is Heather Eland. And just like me, she's a Scorpio rising and a Virgo sun. So we had a lot in common and she was, you know, a lot younger than me, but just so kind and thoughtful. And she, you know, the class was a bunch of students from all over the world. It was a smaller group, but it was nice. And she just like, you know, just the nuts and bolts. Bolts. So, for example, when I first started looking at astrology, I was learning how to read my chart on my own, but using Placidus. So she takes more of the Hellenistic approach where they look at more, um, you know, when a lot of Project Hindsight and different astrologers like Robert Hand were, you know, doing all this investigative research and they were getting these old ancient books from the book of, Ale you know, from Alexandria and ancient Kemet and Babylonian times, Greek, Roman, all the stuff. And the books, they were actually, the old astrologers were not using Placidus. That's more modern Western tropical. Mm -hmm. They were using the whole science system, right? And so, you know, and that's where the ascendant starts in the first house, but whatever degree it is, that's, it's just, you know, even 17 degrees, it's just the ascendant is, the point is in the middle Right of your birth time, the eastern horizon in the sky, the time you were born, that's you determine the ascendant. Well, when you do Placidus, you started the first house at that degree point. So then you can have Scorpio on your ascendant in the first house and then part of Scorpio in the 12th house. Hmm. And it just can throw off the chart. So even astrologers, Western tropical astrologers who use Placidus, they still have to use the whole science system when you're doing timing techniques, right? Like annual perfections. And, and then it helps when you're doing deeper interpretations with solar returns or secondary progression charts, right? So that's where you look at the first house and it's the I am energy. You're coming from mom. It's the only house of self. Every other house is then an offshoot of you in relation to others, right? So, What's wild is that when you do that, the first house is 0, 12, 24, 36, 48, you know, so on, so on. They cap it at like 120 because that's when most people feel that the aliens fused our telomeres and separate from the toxins and poisons of fluoride and the food and all the other stuff, you know, that that's sort of the, the most that a human could live to. Although I think now as we are, you know, ascending and in really the 5D and the age of Aquarius, we don't know. Humanity may be able to live longer, you know, as we all just, you know, continue to do the good work, the light work and, and spread the love and vibrate from higher frequencies. So 
the whole sign system is beautiful. So I could track in your chart, you know, let's mm -hmm. say if you had a huge event in your life at 26. Well, 26 is the third house. So it's your local community, your siblings, your cousins, your neighbors, transportation, social media, your elementary school years, your reading, writing, learning, sales and marketing, right? It's your athletic ability, your skills, your self-efforts. It's also becomes at that 26 or 38 years old, every 12 years, that third house, it becomes the adult relationship with your mother. And it's where the moon has its planetary joy. So it, that's where annual perfections, I could look and be like, oh, well, Marilee, you know, at this time at 26, these are some of the themes and this, you know, based on the planets there and aspects, I'll look what's opposing it in the ninth. You know, I can see or tell you what was going on that year of life. And so that's the magic of annual perfections. And so I just, <laughs> I can talk about astrology all day. So, you know, but that's how I kind of jumped into it from mm -hmm. childhood, went away from it. Right. And came back and now I'm, I'm hooked for life. Yeah, seems like it for sure. <laughs> oh, so I know you mentioned Heather Eland was uh, your main teacher. Did you have any other guides or books or things along the way that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, I've read a lot of the just the, you know, the basic books like that big astrology book. I told you, right. you know, books by Robert Hand and um, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Uh, Linda Goodman. I remember reading a book of breaking down the moon, but then I would just read articles and um and I would look through little pieces of Chris Brennan's book um, about Hellenistic astrology. But for me, I just started diving in and watching the videos on YouTube. And to be honest with you, um, it was like I was remembering it. Mm. Because like I told you, I'd mastered sun sign astrology decades before. But when I started to bring up charts and look at it, and then when I finally, you know, decided to take an actual class with Heather, and, you know, I would do those little, like, quick little webinars or seminars with, you know, other people, but that was the first class that I took, and it just was like, it poured into me and out of me so quickly. I had to adjust, because visually for me, I'm visually impaired and I have an eye disease. So I was having trouble at first understanding. So, and so this is what happens to me. My mind, Virgo and Mercury, is like a computer. Mm. So as a professional actor, I had to do it. I would just memorize things. And then when I visually see something, I can kind of picture it later on when I'm not looking at it. Mm -hmm. And I don't consider it like a photographic memory. I don't know, you know, how people label those things or whatever, but I don't think that it's the case. But for me, I can just visually see something. And just like how even in, in the dream realm, when I'm sleeping at night now as a professional intuitive astrologer, when I'm working on a client's chart, I will dream about their birth charts and I'll see placements and I'll get downloads and insights but so it came back to me, I would say, 
because after doing different readings, uh, an Akashic Records reading uh, with Debbie Solaris, who's now a friend and been on my podcast, you know, three times and just a real heavyweight in, in that field. And, you know, talking about aliens and UFOs and Akashic, um, that I have been working on astrology for a millennium. You know, really working on the formation of the zodiac belt and the constellations and in the galactic center. And to be honest with you, lifetimes here on Earth, and I actually feel that. Mm-hmm. I, I I receive that. Like I'm very, you know, I'm very analytical, logical. I'm Virgo on steroids. When I tell you I have a stellium in Virgo, it's like. Sun, Mercury, Mars, Pluto. I I mean, it's seven, eight things. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's not that I had an issue with religion or spirituality, but there was always a mental aspect for me. I need evidence. I need proof. Right. And, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've always had what I call deep water faith. And I would joke about it in terms of relating it to sports with my Yankees and Knicks and my Pittsburgh Steelers, my team. I was like, you got to just have deep water faith. I got deep water faith. (laughs) And, you know, and, and, and a lot of times it it works in my favor, you know, and I'm, I pray to God, I'm like, God, please let my, you know, my team win and this and that. And, you know, of course I pray for serious things too, but you know, I love sports because to be honest with you, um, it was a way my entire life to connect with my father. My father yeah. was murdered when I was six years old. And what's wild, Marilee, when we wow. had that class, Heather used my chart as an example. You know, I volunteered her and she said, yeah, sure. But she broke down in my birth chart. And it wasn't in my sister's or anywhere else in my mother's. But in my birth chart, you can literally, by the planetary placements and alignments, describe in detail the events that took place of my, my, basically my father's murder. Wow. She broke it down. We had people in, you know, I'm in Arizona, someone in New Jersey, someone in Indonesia, someone in, you know, Canada, Australia, you know, maybe like eight, eight to 12 students, but it was like all over the world. And you could, everybody was like, <gasps> and you could hear a pin drop. And I was like, Hey, you guys, it's okay. You know, you know, Heather said she was going to show me some stuff and I was okay with it. And, you know, and Heather was so sweet and gracious and she's just uh, an angel. And um, I really, you know, and she was even helpful because I was honest with her. I told her about my visual impairment. And mm-hmm. so she was trying to even, you know, accommodate me with that. And, but she was like, you know, it was like Virgo to Virgo talk. And she's like, well, you know, the best way for you to really do it, Eric, is probably just to memorize it. Because it was just like seeing the different, you know, I see colors, but mm-hmm. it was like really seeing them clearly to tell about the different aspects. So I had to memorize it. Well, right. a square is 90 degrees. A trine is 120 degrees. A conjunction could be, you know, zero to 10 degrees, right? The in conjunction, you know, is this and that. And, and the opposition is 180. And then, you know, connecting with the different modalities and the multiplicities and the triplicities. And I mean, it just, and I loved it. And I think for me, God knew. I needed a Virgo teacher (laughs) because I'm going to tell you, no one breaks it down like us Virgos do because it it could be sun, moon or rising because, you know, Virgos, we are, it's not just analytical and critical. Mm. It's about it being 
we're humanitarians who are of service to others. And we analyze and assess without, emo without emotion. So if you ask a Sagittarius, Sun or Mercury, do I look good in this shirt? They could be blunt and be like, no. You ask a Gemini or a Leo, they'll be like, oh yeah, I like that, but they wanna just dress you. The Leo wants to dress you and the Gemini wants to give you like 3000 shirts and up and things or whatever perspectives. And you're like, oh my God, okay, the, the Leo's dressing you and you're like, oh, I don't know if I wanna wear this, but you know, they're like, oh, we need more color and you know, all creative and very generous, right? All this stuff. The Virgo is gonna say, yeah, I do like that shirt on you, Marilee. That's a great <laughs> color. But have you ever thought of maybe an emerald green or this royal blue? Because, because, right, you know, they're, they're giving you the example because it brings out your eyes and then it could play mm. off of this. And you know what I mean? So what do they want to do? Virgo wants to fix. They analyze and assess to make something be in its most optimal point. And that's why I tell my clients and just in general, when I talk about it on my astrology videos and my, on my work, Virgos are the best personal assistant because they will lift up and cheer someone up and they're not going to be jealous. They want, Virgo wants everyone to win. Yeah. Oh, well, it make me feel so much better because I'm my Virgo moon. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You have to remember mm. the Virgo moon, sun, or, you know, our biggest kryptonite is that we are too self-critical. Oh, yes. So now <laughs> I speak as a recovering Virgo mm -hmm. and I speak calmly kindly to Eric about Eric. And I advise that to all my clients. And I tell people, like I would just say to you, my biggest goal and dream for you tonight, and that I say this to my clients, is to retire from negative self-talk. That is no longer your job. I love it. Oh, yeah, it is 100% like number one thing that is my karmic lesson in this life. So that is amazing. I mean, I did want to talk about, because you mentioned, and again, it is, it turned on my, like my analytical <laughs> virgo-ness about how astrology kind of like, structures sort of the ineffable, the things that like the spiritual, the things that seem kind of like fuzzy, you know, like how do we really get your arms around it? Um, and I personally, I, I study hermetic Kabbalah and it's a similar type of structure, right? For me to understand like how's okay. how spirit functions and why it came down into right. the material world and well you know so the way you were describing astrology was really like uh <laughs> kind of like well, the same thing yeah well think of it like this mm -hmm. imagine you're in heaven on the big sofa with god source energy the creator and whatever name anyone likes to use you know I tell people, hey, when I was in a coma and I almost died, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about that, I almost died a few years ago in 2021, and I called on Jesus, yeah. you know, and I know that I got out of it, you know, having my faith. So when I say deep order faith, I really mean it, okay? Yeah. But to me, I think they all come hand in hand, the metaphysics, astrology, spirituality, numerology, human design, the I Ching, you know, all these different things. And to me, what I've really come to understand, and for you to understand for the audience, that the birth chart is the map of your life. So you're up in heaven and you're on the motherboard or you're relaxing with God and God is, 
you know, saying to you, you know, where do you want to travel? What, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to earth? And you select your parents, but you're sitting there and you're pushing button buttons. You know, I want a little bit more compassion and empathy. My soul needs to evolve and I need to learn some discipline and patience. I need to have a challenging mother so I can learn to appreciate and then nurture and love unconditionally my children. Mm. And go through the hardships to struggle with some poverty. Oh, maybe I need a, a little a limp foot, or you know, or 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 like I chose I chose to have an eye disease. Mm. And you make these selections, and what you are actually pushing and selecting when you come in—that's the three hundred and sixty degree twelve house natal birth chart. That's what you've chosen, and you can decipher through your South Node and Saturn your karmic, karmic lessons, your Chiron and Pluto and Moon, past life energy that, you know, you need to heal and transmute and transform. Exploring through Uranus and Neptune, your evolution of your soul for freedom, liberation, spirituality, learning how to reprogram your subconscious mind, learn how to surrender and let go of the ego and transform so you can become God consciousness inside yourself and empower yourself. I look at astrology as a whole. So I have um, many different services that I offer. And besides like a regular natal birth chart or soul return or secondary progression or people who come for career relationships, I have different services like astrological life coaching where I do a five-week program where you'll come to me week one, we'll meet live over Zoom for 60 minutes and do the birth chart reading. And then we meet for the next four weeks, an hour at a time, and we do a deeper dive looking at three houses at a time. And I'm teaching you how to live and exist in the flow and energy of your birth chart. So you are empowered by these planets. You know how to manifest. You know how to heal all the relationships in your life and to forgive others, which is a true gift to yourself. To work with your Chiron, your healing, you know, healing your inner child. To work with the outer planets for the evolution of your soul and past life karmas. And I take you through such an experience and we do deeper. We look at the regular chart reading, you know, aspects, but I go deeper. And each time, each week, when we're looking at those three houses, we're going to look at back on the background, the lunar mansions. So the degree points in your chart, you can look at it through the deacons, right? As I was talking earlier, as I'm a Virgo Capricorn deacon, right? So you start off with those early Virgos, right? Starting at like the 22nd, 23rd. And it does depend on the year. So some people don't understand that as, you know, the planetary orbit and how the earth and, and the sun and all the movements, some years the dates shift by a day. Hmm. So that's why I think sometimes on the internet, people will get overly confused with the cusp energy. Hmm. You're not, you're not like the cusp of rebirth. You're not a Aries and a Pisces. You're one or the other. You're either 29 degrees or 28 degrees Pisces starting the cusp or zero, one, two Aries. Now I'll tell you, I use a five day orb, but you should never go past that. Some astrologers just do 29, zero. Some will do a three day orb, one, one degree, you know, two degrees, whatever. And some don't even like to even consider the cusp. But I think the cusp is very important because as you get to the 28th degree, the energy is ingressing. It's leaving the one sign, the Pisces, mm. and ingressing into Aries. So it's already walking in those attributes. 
Okay. And so, but you'll see on Google and some astrologers on YouTube, they have like seven, nine day orbs. No, use numerology is the hint. 27 degrees is nine. Nine is the, is the ending and the completion. That's the end of the road of that sign in that third deacon. Now, yes, the 28th and 29th degree is still part of that deacon, but in terms of like completing that energy, that 27 is the clue to you, you know? And so I really love like programs like that. I do a, a moon tracking service mm-hmm. where this is the best way I think for people so also to learn astrology, the quickest moving planet, right? And in and, and astrology, we know in astronomy, the sun and moon are luminaries, right? That's right. <laughs> but in astrology, they're planets and each planet and sign represents so many layers. And that's what, what, what I love about astrology. You're building like a spiritual cake. So you mm. got the signs, you got the planets, then you got to put them in the houses. And then each house is layered anywhere from like 25 to 45 meanings. So that's how you get this complex mosaic of one unique individual human that is just so rare to them in their chart Mm. and i see it right not only am am i this astrologer but i'm a father so i get to see astrology from my wife my children and even my mother-in-law who lives with us so i see it in multi-dimensions and generations So it's really, really cool and fascinating. But, you know, that's where when you really get into learning the moon, which Mm. is your what? Your emotions, your emotional mind, your roots, your ancestors. It's milk. It's your feelings, your sensitivities, your body, your intuition, your health, the family you create, and your mother. We track the moon in each sign in each house for a full month. And I explained to you how the moon will play out in your chart for a month. It's great for women, even tracking their menstrual cycles, but it's great for any human because you can understand in two and a half days why and how your your mood switches or all of a sudden you feel a little bit more bloated. Sometimes I notice when I track the moon in a month in my chart, when it gets to certain placements, sometimes I'll have a stomach irritation or maybe I bump out with like a little, you know, a couple of little bumps or, you know, something on your face, you know. And so when you start to really connect it, you can see it with your health, your mood, everything. So it's a really a, a dynamic service that I'm super proud of. Yeah. And you have such um, like your uh, training as a life coach and you also know numerology like wow you have such good foundations to even just the astrology which is already amazing yeah well I try I mean but I, <laughs> I tell people like look I'm very honest right like if I if, if you ask me about a particular thing and I don't know it mm. you know I and I'm not a master of it then I won't offer it as a service right. so like right now I do so many services but I don't do the astral cartography you know, it's something that I have to really focus on and learn. And then it's a little harder for me visually, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll get it if I want to. And then, and then, and when I do, I'll offer it as a, as a service, but I don't think it's good for me or any, uh, light work or spiritual person, or even astrologer to be inauthentic and provide a service for someone that you're, that you don't know, like the back of your hand. Mm. Because I, I'm not, my, I take it very serious astrology in a spiritual way. For example, I do celebrity birth chart readings, um, and I'll put them up. But I only do celebrities that have passed away. 
So I've done like um, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, um, you know, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Sinead O'Connor. And people love it. And I, and I love doing it. But I get requests for like people who are alive. And I uh -huh. said, if I don't have their permission, I don't think it's spiritually right for me to read another person's chart in public. I don't care if they're famous or not mm. without their permission. So if yeah. someone gave me their permission, of course I would do it. I have no problem. But I, I, I have my own code of ethics that I think, you know, you don't cross certain boundaries spiritually. Mm. And so, I'm, you know, I, I'm definitely a high moral person. And I think there's a right way to do things. Even when I work with uh, clients and then um, I do their children's charts. Mm -hmm. And I will talk to the mother or father and let them know um, if I'm, you know, meeting with them live, you know, if the parent wants to be there, because I've met with some, you know, people younger than 21. Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were okay, like not being there or the one time the mom, she was there, but she was in the background, you know, kind of listening, kind of not. But I also will talk to the parent if I see anything that's really uh, heavy or mm -hmm. uh, adult, mature, sexual nature. I will, you know, either kind of just save it for the parent mm. or ask the parent, you know, do you want to share this? Do you want me to leave it out in the reading? Right. Or do you want me to, you know, introduce it and explain it in a very, you know, professional but gentle way to them so they understand. And so you'll get different responses. But I think that that's my ethics and code. Like, why wouldn't I? I mean, I, I, I know as a father, I wouldn't want some other adult telling my kid anything, you know, without asking me, you know, for their own lives and stuff like that. Because in the chart, I see everything. And you know what I love? I help, I've helped uh, plenty of um, parents with their kids in terms of the best way for them to learn in their education, the reading, writing. I had a father tell me that the school was trying to tell them that their son was, you know, autistic and this and that, and he'd go to a special room. And I looked in the chart and I was like, no, 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 he we all learn differently. This is not one, you know, crayon in one box, you know, and the school system, which I was a part of needs to be revamped completely. And so, you know, they try to label children. And I think it's unfair because some people <clears throat> are more auditory learners, mm -hmm. right? If you have a Pisces and Mercury, you may need light music playing in the background. You may need to learn in isolation you may learn more with pictures and concepts, right? If you had Mercury and Aquarius, you may need more of the technology now. This time may be perfect for you with, you know, school from home or through iPads or every kid now in school, my son has them, like laptops, you know? And, but then there may be kids like they need the old school pencil and paper. You know what I mean? Like maybe mm -hmm. it's a Mercury Gemini or a Mercury Cancer. They need it like, and they may need to be, you know, more nurturing. You know, they may need, you know, some kids may need more direct strictness, toughness, Mercury Capricorn. So it just varies. And you can see that in the chart through planetary placements. Mm -hmm. and, and I love helping because I think when you learn your child's birth chart, no exaggeration, you literally can become a way better parent mm. it's just knowing my boys their moon placements it, it helps me to help guide them when they go through a stress or anxiety or emotions with friends or themselves with each other or whatever it is you know so i know like oh your moon's in this sign your moon's in virgo your moon's in gemini scorpio oh then you got to process the emotions like this
Hmm. And I can give them the space and not dictate from my Capricorn moon or as a father authority figure how things should be, but more meet them. You know, I'm not like going to be soft like a lot of these parents nowadays. I want to be your friend. No, that's what's killing our country. Don't get me started with that. Yeah. Do not get me started with that. <laughs> but I am going to be fair mm. and I'm going to understand, well, this is how they actually need to release or dispense their emotions because we all do it differently. Right. We're not the same people and you have to respect human beings like that, even if they're little human beings, two, mm -hmm. three, four, they have emotions, you know? So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's really fun though, oh. because that's, that's where the magic is, you know, helping families, helping people with their businesses, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I can't imagine how wonderful it is to have that for your children and be being able to interact with them. And I know you mentioned, and not that we want, I want to go like super deep, but I know that you mentioned that you have two twins and, you know, people always talk about that as sort of like a, a thing about astrology, right? Like, how does it work with twins? Like, tell me that, sir. You know, like. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> this is deep because uh -huh. they're only seven minutes apart. Wow. Yeah. Pretty much the exact same chart. Mm -hmm. But that's where numerology comes in. They have different names, so it gives you a different vibration, uh -huh. frequency. And their ascendant is one degree apart because the ascendant switches degrees every six minutes. Wow. That one degree and the numerology, totally mm -hmm. two different human beings. Whew. But they're such amazing kids. Oh. I, I, uh, I mean, I have four sons in total. Wow. And they, they rock my world. The, the, the Taylor twins, they bring it. And I They're... love it. I oh, that's amazing. It. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because that was always something that, you know, maybe cr critics of astrology would uh, throw there. But it's beautifully explained. So thank you. Yeah, no. And, and that numerology, it makes a difference because because separate from the date, the name is going to change their, mm. you know, their soul urge number, you know, it's going to change different numbers, you know, the life path will be, you know, what it is because of the date, but then, um, or the soul urge and then the destiny number, but you know, the name will change and they'll have different numbers. So they'll have similarities in the numerology because mm. they're born on the same day, but the name totally, you know, so, but Ooh. I, it's, it's, it's really fascinating to see because mm -hmm. for me, astrology is every minute. Yeah. Even with transits, one of my sons, when Mars was in Gemini for seven months this past year, it was like there forever. Or the, I think maybe the end of last year, going to this year, whatever, it was there forever. Wow. And I saw it play out in every family member's chart of my house. <laughs> And it was so like one of my kids was in their sixth house and he literally Mars can be burns. Gemini's mm. the hands. He was doing something with the toaster, burnt his hand. Oh, no. And like burnt it pretty good. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, but I'm like, you know, and there's this thing is, you know, it's not so good, but it's good. There's a, on Twitter, it's like a hashtag astrology good <laughs> where it could be a terrible event in real life, but astrologers are like, oh, but that's literally what the astrology said. So it's astrology good. And you're talking like a tsunami and a hurricane and like, oh my gosh, like that's terrible, but it's astrology good because right. what the energy shows. 
So those are like, you know, how astrologers can geek out and stuff. But right. his hand and then my other son, his Mars was in Gemini in the 10th house at the time. And he was playing in the basketball league. And then like he hurt his hand and elbow because, you know, the kid like fouled him and dropped him. And that was Mars and Gemini. And then I was having things. And then I saw my wife. It was just, I was like, wow. Okay. Oh. I was like, Mars, can you please go to cancer? Yeah. <laughs> just please. Get out of here. Like, and that, and Mars and cancer, right? It's now, so to January 4th, Mars, um, you know, just entered into Capricorn. And that's where it's exalted. So when Mars enters Cancer, it's in its fall. So, you know, not a death sentence when you have mm. planets that are debilitated or in their fall, but it's just more challenging for that energy to, to manifest to how it wants to behave. Because Mars right. is at home in Aries and Scorpio and exalted in Capricorn. Mars is what? Our willpower, our drive for man, our sex drive. It's brothers, boyfriends, it's energy, fire. It cuts, separates, divides. It's blood, surgeries, procedures. It's also land or property, real estate, right? But it's like how we like assert ourselves. It's the soldier, the warrior, the general, the fight, the arguments, mm -hmm. the passion. Mars is Tuesday, right? Mars, Martes, Tuesday. Did you know astrology is the first calendar? No, I did not know that. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. So we start off Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sol, Domingo, the sun. Mm -hmm. Monday, Lunes, right? The moon. Tuesday, Martes, the planet Mars, the best day to run your errands, lift weights. You honor Mars when you lift the weights above your shoulder, right? Mars should be your busy day. Wednesday. Miracles, Mercury, great day for breath work, the lungs, mm -hmm. writing, communicating, emails, right? Hump day. Journaling. Thursday, Jueves, Jupiter. Okay, abundance, fortune, planning trips, taking a class, it's wisdom, beliefs, philosophies, the teacher, preacher energy. So Thursday is really this day of you know, Jupiter, the great benefic, you know, but it's also a good day to learn something, expand your mind, zoom out, look at the big picture, higher knowledge. Friday, Viernes, Venus, that's why it's date night, romance, love language, <laughs> chocolate, movies, arts, culture, entertainment, Venus is money, payday, material items. And then the day of the Sabbath, karmic Saturn, we're in a Saturnian bubble matrix. Saturn is the Sabbath, Sabado, Saturn. So that's the day of discipline, taking care of your responsibilities, structures, the DNA, your lineage, the day of, you know, honoring, right? Saturn is like the stern grandma and grandpa, grandma mm -hmm. Capricorn, grandpa and Aquarius, but it's our karmic lessons. That's why we have the Saturn return show you how God works. There's no accidents. The medulla oblanata is maturing when Saturn matures. You're a functioning adult, right? When that is finished forming. And for women, because you guys mature faster than us, it's between ages 25 and 28 years old. For men, right? And this is connecting uh, the cerebral cortex to the medulla oblanata. It's between like, I think 28 and 
you know, us men, 31, maybe 32, <laughs> it takes a while for men to mature. But what does that coincide with? Your Saturn returns, which is around 20 and a half, 29 years old. And so each planet has a maturity age. You know, they may vary. Like the moon is usually 21. Mars is 27. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of uh, Club 27 before? Oh, yeah. Like where all the people yeah, pass away. <laughs> Hercule Vane, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. Janice Joplin. There's so many. And you're like, you know, it's so sad. But think yeah. about Mars. It's that warrior fighter planet. And it can get you in a bad place when it's maturing. Or it could be smooth. It can be reckless. It can be dangerous. You know what I mean? So it makes sense when you really think about it. And the, right. deep, the sun very uh, will vary on the sign and the house can mature between like 26 and 30. It just depends, you know. So it's it's really fascinating. But, yeah. you know, that's, um, yeah, that's uh, really like a, a great way to like just, you know, look at it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love uh, associating it with the days of the week because then you kind of get that sort of flow of your life. And oh, that was really cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's, and it, it is really spiritual because to mm-hmm. me, I'll be honest with you, there's so often, probably once a week, every two weeks, a client, because when you come to me, I have a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. You answer the questions and you give me your birth information. And when I bring up the chart, I still get excited every time. And I, I hit enter and I'm like, oh, and, I <laughs> and I'm like the mad scientist. I yeah. have to dive in with my cat moon and my Virgo Mercury and sun and my Scorpio rising. And I'm like, okay, let's get to the truth for this, this beautiful soul. Right. And, but I deal with, you know, first I will look at your Chiron wound and Chiron, the wounded healer, um, is this you know energy point where chiron was greek mythology this centaur right and it's rejection but there's like two woundings one that's usually from in the womb to about Mm. 16 or 18 months years old and then the other one we look at that's more unconscious um but the more conscious wounding is at the degree point in your natal birth chart so let's say if your chiron moon is at 23 degrees and let's say it's you know pisces fifth house, fourth house, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I will ask you, I'll say, well, well, Marilee, what happened at 23 years old or five years old? And the wounding is, Chiron is an emotional, physical, or spiritual wound that usually happened at that age of the degree point. So mm-hmm. it could either be the 23 or you add it or the five. And sometimes I've had clients with both wounding, oh. both ages. And then the sign in the house tells me the theme of the story. So I'll let you know, well, it's Pisces. It could deal with deception. It could deal with, um, unfortunately, the bedroom. So sometimes sex abuse. It could deal with a mental issue. It could deal with um, a parent or like someone who had alcohol or drug addiction. Mm. It could deal with like fog, illusion, confusion. It can deal with depression. Your feet. Pisces rules the feet and your toenails. So if it's in a certain house, I'd be like, oh, did you injure your feet? You know, so all these different things, spirituality, your imagination, creativity. And then the house layers the story. And then I'll write back. And then clients, I mean, I've had clients share stuff with me. And they're like, I've never told anybody this before. Mm. You know, and I take it, you know, I let my clients always know anything you share with me. It stops here with me. Right. Never divulge. I never use a client's chart as an example nothing like for me it's very sacred i always have to have permission but what's really awesome 
and I will be seeing you there soon. Mm -hmm. I have a monthly astrology meeting called Astrological Coffee Talk. I have to do this, the New Yorker, Coffee Talk, Coffee Talk with Eric. And it's, we meet usually the third Saturday of the month, you know, it can vary sometimes, but once a month for two hours over Zoom for only $20. And I have a group of people that come all over the world. I call them my 11th house crew because the 11th house <laughs> associated with the internet and astrology. It's oh. my 11th house crew. And people come. And so what I do is I, I will teach an astrology lesson. And, you know, a lot of the people that come, they come from all different modalities and different things that they love or are into and different levels of spirituality or astrological knowledge. But it's a safe space because what happens is when people go through spiritual awakenings or when they get into astrology or these different you know occult knowledge or esoteric knowledge things a lot of times they're alone their mm. their friends and family aren't into it right you know maybe their spouse isn't you know and so sometimes you just need like a an astrology friend an astrology buddy yeah. someone that gets your lingo and your language and like the things you pay attention to and so i feel like I love being able to provide that for, you know, anyone and everyone to come learn astrology, but have some fun, learn some things, exchange, you know, businesses, ideas. You know, I've had some people in Coffee Talk connect outside of it and support each other and like, oh, well, oh, you do this. I want to get a reading from you or, oh, you do this. Oh, you make jewelry. You know what I mean? And so that's the environment that. I uh, create because I'm all about family and I do the same thing on my podcast. I have a podcast that I do usually once a week, sometimes twice a week called Knowledge is Love. Knowledge is Love Astrology Podcast on YouTube. And eventually I got to figure out how to get it on Spotify and iTunes <laughs> and all those other places, but I do it on YouTube now and it's really fun and I love it. And um, I get great guests and my audience is so loyal and I just greatly love them and appreciate them. And we have fun, but you know, that, that place of coffee talk is so sacred to me. And I'm excited because in February, I'll be starting my third year. It'll be coffee talk number 25. Wow. So it's really exciting. But I say all that to say, there is where we have a safe space. And I will offer sometimes in coffee talk where my coffee talk members that come, they can volunteer their birth chart to be read. And we do a blind reading. Wow. So let's say if we were doing your chart, we wouldn't say it's your chart. I don't show the name or the, or even tell them the gender. Mm -hmm. And then everyone in the room and you have to be quiet. You act like, you know, you, act like <laughs> right. you don't know who it is either. Right. Yeah. And, but we all dive in and everybody chimes in. I lead it and start it, but I let people come in with their thoughts and interpretations of the chart. So it's like, you're having like 10 to 15, whoever many people I have that month looking at your chart. And then towards the end, then I reveal who it is. And then I let you come up and say, you know, and I say, well, Marilee, how do we do? How do we, you know, break down things with mom? How is that relationship? Tell us. And, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, mm -hmm. I've had people say, oh, you know, I'd rather not share that. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. You know, so there's no pressure, but it's just, and, and that is such a way to learn. It's great for you to have all these different eyes and brain mm -hmm. on your chart. Right. Because yeah. you gain so much from it. But then it's great for everyone else to learn astrology because that's the best way for you to learn it. You got to do it. You got to look at it. You got to. But then you get the instant feedback. 
right? Mm -hmm. I may think that Mercury and Virgo in the seventh house should play out like this, but then you're telling me, oh, well, this happened and that happened. And I'm like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. Mm. So, you know, we all learn. And right. that's what my student, you know, I don't want to say my students, but my Coffee Talk members love about it. Mm -hmm. It is so informative and fun and astrological and spiritual. <laughs> yeah, I think it's such a great idea. So I'm very excited to go to the one on January 20th. Oh, yeah. um, and I know you have them every month. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and I had, and that's what I really love. I have so many loyal members. Some come like every month, and then you have some people like, well, they were coming every month, and then they mm. miss because you know life happens. You're busy yeah. on the weekends, whatever. I try to do it earlier in the morning, but I try to hit it where I'm getting each coast. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I try to do like 11 a.m. Eastern or 12 noon, latest 1 p.m. Eastern to kind of get everybody. Um, right. and, you know, but then I, it's hard cause I also have international people. I have people right. like from Amsterdam and Poland. <laughs> I've had people from Australia, New Zealand, you know, Canada. So, you know, I'm trying to juggle everybody. Right. That's what I can. <laughs> and, I, and you know, and I let people know like, Hey, apologies. Cause sometimes my schedule is not my own. You yeah. know, I gotta sometimes reschedule based on like, you know, sporting events for my kids, you know, <laughs> and sometimes I have to miss it. And I tell yeah. them, I say, listen, daddy's got to work. And my boys really understand, but when I can, I try to schedule around it because I think it's important for me to always be there for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's so, so great. We, you know, so great that you're a good dad and you want to be there for your kids. Of course, everybody would understand that. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. You shared so many great things. So already, and, uh, and I, you know, I've, you know, you graciously given us some, your time, um, I know you had like a pretty spectacular NDE experience. So all kind of exactly. Wait, it's spectacular. spectacular. It is, I don't know if that's the word for well, it. Well, that was, that was pretty strange choice of words. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I just, you know. Yeah. It was very involved and like, but you know, I'll leave it up to you. Like what you want to share um, that was, you took away from that experience, I guess. Well, you know, I, I've gotten valley fever and it weakened my immune system. Right. Uh, then I gotten kind of, you know, better. It lays dormant, you know, but um, I had gotten COVID when they said it wasn't quite here yet early in 2020, the first oh. time. Um, and I was sick for a good 22, 23 days. I was like, this wow. is the average flu. I've had yeah. pneumonia and bronchitis and I've had the flu before. This was a little bit, I was like, oh, I remember when I go to bed, I was like, God, am I going to be okay? You know, like, make me okay, you know? Yeah. But, you know, no hospital, no oxygen dropping. It was whatever. Life was going on. You know, we were taking care of my mother at the time, who was a survivor, and I took care of my mother over 20 years. And she was a survivor of breast and brain cancer and then had pretty severe dementia. And at this time, she was in a wheelchair. So the mm -hmm. whole pandemic, we were on lockdown. Wow. Like we, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, talk to, you know, nobody over, you know, it was, whatever. Yeah. And it was kind of really innocent and things were seeming to be, you know, not so bad, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of what was going on. But my twins, you know, they had missed a couple of birthday parties and we just wanted to have a birthday party for them. You know, and what I did was I made sure my mom was like out totally away from everybody in another room. But unfortunately, COVID 
came to the house and it was the Delta mm. and it came through hardcore oh. and everyone in the house got sick. My mother had to go to the hospital August 27th. I went in August 29th, um, got to see her and she was looking at me like, what's going on? And I'm like, you're going to be okay. Cause she was actually doing actually better than me. Oh, wow. She was 80 years old. And so I just knew she was going to be fine. And, mm. um, I was getting sicker and sicker each day because of their protocols. They gave me steroids, even though I told them I had Valley fever and Valley fever doesn't work well with steroids. You're not oh, supposed to give. Right. And so, but they went ahead and did it anyway. I wasn't really aware of that. I was, I was out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to give you an insight, when your oxygen gets to 88, you should go to the ER, right? Right. Do you know when I called them on the 29th, <laughs> my oxygen was like at 58 or something? Oh, no. They were like, Mr. Taylor, how are you standing, walking and talking? I was like, uh, I don't know. And I was just like, oh, strong like bull. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, and um, yeah. so... You know, and I remember, oh, my wife was so upset and my boys and they wouldn't come in the house and I, you know, come out and I'm getting in the ambulance and I see my boys crying and I just, I was like, listen, I was like, it's going to be okay. Daddy's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, this is August 29th. I said, don't worry. Daddy's going to be okay. And they're like closing up the ambulance door. And I said, I'll see you in October. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm like, (laughs) my wife was like, no. It's August 29th. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. I get there. I'm getting sicker and sicker. My wife, like they wouldn't even let her in the hospital. She snuck in because they did invite her to come because my mom was nonverbal to go see and check on my mom. But I was just down the hall from my mom. So after she was Mm. with her and making sure she was okay, she snuck down to check on me, you know, because, you know, she's my wife, you know, and they were crazy. And it wasn't even like the midst of like the heat of the pandemic. So it wasn't like the hospital was overflowing, nothing. It was like almost a ghost town, really. Right. I mean, that's how it seemed. And they were like almost ready to arrest her. I mean, it was, it was, it was foolishness and it was just terrible. I mean, she's just there to check on me. I think she brought over some food, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, please. (laughs) And um, I mean, what is she going to do? You know what I mean? Except for just love on her husband. But yeah. um, And so. I, you know, they had me wearing this like certain mask and they're like, you have to wear this big, like gas, it was like a gas mask. And this was like, they're like, oh, this will help your lungs and help you heal. First time I did it, I, I really didn't like it. And I tried it again and it was okay. And they were like, well, Mr. Taylor, you got to keep doing it because this is the only way you're going to get out of here. And I was like, okay. And I remember I had my fantasy football drafts. My wife was like, I could kill you for doing that. <laughs> September 5th and September 6th. I did it with my good buddy that I had a sports radio show over the phone. And he was helping me, you know, I was giving him the names, but he would pick for me. And it was September 6th. And I, you know, I told him goodnight. I called my wife. I was like, I'm real tired, babe. And they want me to wear the mask again tonight. Mm. Like, I'm just going to go to bed and I'm exhausted. She's like, you should be, you shouldn't have been doing that stupid draft. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm just tired. And, um, That was it. She got a call 11 o'clock at night, panting. <sighs> Mrs. Taylor, your husband's organs are failing. Oh, gosh. Death, death is imminent. We'll call you back in an hour. Click. I mean, in a panic. Ugh. And I guess they, I don't know if I coded. I don't know what mm. happened. I don't know any, they didn't tell me. They called her back an hour later. I'm on a ventilator. September 6th, a couple of days for my birthday, she couldn't get even to into the hospital to see me. 
until uh, September 21st. I guess I had to be COVID free. She had to be COVID free, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. She was not allowed. She would FaceTime me every day, but she was not allowed to come physically visit me until maybe it was September 20th, 20th or 21st. But, you know, while I was in a coma, I mean, it was not a day of darkness. I went through a dark night of the soul, spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare. Um, Unfortunately, my mother died and passed away while I was in a coma, September 21st. And as you can imagine, that was, it blind, it totally floored me. My, I was in a hospital, and this is like a, a couple, eh, a few days after I had awakened. I didn't wake up till October 16th, 40 days. I was in a coma. I did wake up, though, late night on the 13th. Mm-hmm. Nobody, my wife wasn't there, nothing. It was real dark. And, you know, I mean, this was like, what, 37 days of straight sleep. I, <sighs> I was like, I didn't know what was, you know, and I was yeah. just with the ventilator in my mouth, I, I just remembered I was sweating and mm-hmm. my hair was in my eyes and I wasn't strong enough to do anything, but I'm trying to reach my arm up to wipe my, yeah. these people thought merely that I was trying to pull out my ventilator. Oh gosh, come on. And they put restraints <laughs> on me. <sighs> I can't tell you how angry I was because in my head, I'm like, can you turn on the effing lights and look at me and see that I'm yeah. sweating and I'm trying like nothing. It was, night care in the hospital well at least this time in this situation it was terrible and yeah. inhumane and I just went I dealt with like way too much and they did some things that were like inappropriate like sneaking me medicine and denying oh, me this and they denied me the monoclonal antibodies they were giving me terrible tube feed didn't want my wife to give me because we had for my mother organic tube feed Kate Farms. Mm. Anybody's mm. ever in this situation, take Kate Farms. Because the regular stuff, it had me having, uh, they, were, they were giving me, starting to give me insulin shots. I was oh on the verge of becoming a diabetic. I've never <sighs> had blood pressure or blood sugar issues in my life, but they were giving me, I think it was A plus or Jevity or some crap. And then my wife, you know, was asking them to switch and they were saying, no. And she's like, no, I'm going to provide it. This is what I want. You have to give this to them. Yeah. The nurse did it, but she got in trouble and almost got fired for switching it for me. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh. Like, and then I finally got it. Do you know within, no lie, within 48 hours, my numbers cleared and everything went good. And then she was like, stop pricking him. Stop taking his blood. Yeah. And it was, yeah. So, I mean, but anyway, I, I woke up, I made it, and um, I went through spiritual tests, spiritual warfare. I I know for me, I called on, I was, you know, I was like trapped in this like place and all this stuff. And all I could do was I, I called, I was like, you know, I called, I was like, God, Jesus, I said my mom's name, my wife, my four yeah. boys. And I kept saying it and saying it, and I got out of that situation and but um, while I was in a coma, um, never had a moment of darkness. I went to different dimensions. Mm-hmm. I even astral traveled to my home and saw one of my twin sons. Now, this is fascinating. He, he's very spiritual and gifted. He, he's one of those Neptune Pisces babies. They are no joke. <laughs> if you guys are parents and you got any of those kids, 11 and younger, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> These people are from another galaxy. Okay. <laughs> 
So, but he saw me and I saw him, but first, I, okay, so I had died three times in a coma and I think it was after my first or second time. And then I had an option to go to my house and see my now 14 year old and 12 year old at the time, five years in the future, but mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. So then I came and, and just like was plopped on my sofa in my living room. And I saw my wife talking to like her friend and business associate who was helping her with some stuff. And then I saw this guy who was like a spirit, but at the same time, he was, I guess, playing the role in my mind or subconscious mm -hmm. unconscious mind as my wife's boyfriend. And she was cheating on me and wow. having an affair and trying to kill me while I was in a coma. And nothing of the sort. She was like right. the greatest wife ever, saving my life. <laughs> she was there all day, every day. Like, I mean, it was, it was, what it went through, it was like torture. It was terrible. Okay. Yeah. And then her and her friend were like in 90, you remember the technology, right? 90s VHS technology <laughs> in color. My son, 10, who was eight at the time, he was like in like 4K, super <laughs> HD. And it was so deep. And he came over, <laughs> hugged me. Aww. And he said something to me. I don't, I don't, I think I heard him or remember him saying anything. And then he kind of walked off. Mm -hmm. But as I was doing that in real life, he said, he, he told my his mother, my wife, that he saw me and he said, daddy's going to be okay. Aww. And so, you know, like, <laughs> and you know, the minute I got off the ventilator and I could like mumble and talk a little bit, that's like yeah. the first thing I asked my wife. I was like, who was at the house? <laughs> I was, and she's like, what? I was like, who did you have anyone at the house? She's like, what? You know, she's like, what is he asking? You yeah. Know? And then, and then I said specifically, I was like, you know, it was your friend. And I said her name, yeah. uh, was she there? And she's like, yeah, she actually, yeah, she was at the house. And I said, I know. I said, I saw you guys. I was there. And she's like, what? And I said, I was at the house and I saw Jax, you know, I said, I saw my son. I saw yeah. Jax and he, and he came over and hugged me and she goes, wait a minute. He told me that he saw you. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So those type of spiritual things. Like you can't make that up. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, that's like something where for him to see me, I saw yeah. him and I'm like in a hospital in a coma and he's at home, but I was at the house and I saw my wife and I remember what her and her, her friend and business associate were talking about. And I was trying to get their attention, but they couldn't hear or see me. So I had experiences like that. I was going to Mars. One time I got shot. And I could feel the warmth of the bullets hit my body, Oof. you know, but, um, you know, I, I come to realize that I must have agreed to all of this mm. before I came here, that I, this was part of my story to upgrade me. Right. Since then, um, like I said, I've always been spiritual and deep order faith and, you know, I would have dreams of the future. I dreamt about my wife before I met her. And when I was dating girls, when I was single, I would see them when they weren't with me. Mm. Come to find out after learning my birth chart, that's, I have Uranus in the 12th house in Libra. And that's that. Oh. And, but I also dreamt about 9-11 two years before it happened. So like I would have these dreams and these visions. And I remember mm -hmm. I suffered with nightmares after my father's murder when I was a little yeah. boy. My dream world has always been like, you know, but that's not Uranus. Uranus <laughs> is the spiritual awakener. It's like, you know, it's like sudden events and extreme weather and, you know, yeah. weird, bizarre energy and liberating and futuristic, innovative. 
And it, but it's also the central nervous system. Uranus is electricity. It's the higher right. octave of Mercury. Mm-hmm. And so when you have in the 12th house, it's like, oh, adios mio. It's wild. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but thankfully for me in a good way. But yeah. it's, um, so I really like, I went through the ringer. Yeah. And, you know, I went through these battles, even with the doctors and nurses, I felt like they were trying to kill me. Yeah. And when I woke up, obviously I, you know, had some great ones, but at the same, it's, it's like this weird feeling. Like, it's like they did stuff that was mm-hmm. like making me sicker and killing me. Right. And they did stuff to bring me back to life and save me. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, so I don't hold grudges or have any anger or spite or anything in my heart. Mm-hmm. When I first got to the hospital, I was like verbally assaulted in the emergency room by the doctor. It was like disgusting. They were very unprofessional, but <clears throat> you know, I, I just, I am someone who is about forgiveness and mm-hmm. gratitude and has always been very humble and gracious and just my love for God and humanity. And mm-hmm. I just know that all that mattered was that I made it Yeah, and I was able to get back to my family, but my spiritual gifts have increased. Now, when I work with you and I read your chart, I get these visions and downloads that are beyond my own astrological knowledge. Mm -hmm. I can visualize like you with your moon and Virgo and this house and whatever, and then like get like almost little flashes of you in action doing the description of the sign and planet in the house. Wow. Wow. Like it's so it's exciting. And so I feel that it's made me even a better astrologer. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's brought me closer to God. It's leveled up my abilities and gifts and just, I, um, I'm just, uh, you know, now it took a lot to rebuild. I lost 36 pounds. Oh my gosh. My shoulder was out of place. I didn't get home to November 20th. And then my new year's gift turning into 2022, I got shingles. Oh God! Oh man! <laughs> my poor wife, the chickenpox, because she didn't have it as a little girl, and her mother couldn't oh. remember if it was chickenpox, mumps, or measles, yeah. and so she had touched my back, not knowing what it was, and got chickenpox. And you know, <sighs> I don't know if you know, but as an adult, chickenpox is terrible. Oh, your poor wife. So we you poor both, you. <laughs> I know. We brought in the New Year suffering. The kids oh. are like, uh, okay, mom and dad are checked out. You know, <laughs> I mean, we had a great New Year, but it was just like we were like done. Oh, wow. Well, uh, I am so happy you're here. And even through all of that, you know, awfulness, but, um, you know, you have a really, you know, expansive perspective about it, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny until you go through something like that, like to Mm -hmm. be honest with you, I've always been into like so many different things. Yeah. I never knew about this whole NDE world. Oh, right. listening to people's stories. Like I, yeah. I've never watched anything. Yeah. And now I've, you know, done, you know, a few podcasts and, and, but it took me to my second year anniversary to get to a place where I was open and ready and willing to share my story. Oh, yeah. Um, because it was, it was very personal and it was very, mm-hmm. I mean, so let me just give you this last little insight and, and yeah. glimpse to um, it. My wife, you know, wanted me to get a little healthier. Um, So maybe I had just gotten my voice box and this may have been, 
October 20th, 21st, 22nd, somewhere in there. She comes into my, uh, I was about to say hotel room, but my hospital room. <laughs> right. I was there so long. If yeah. <laughs> but she was like, she came with the uh, hospital chaplain. Mm. And after all that I went through, I'm thinking that she's going to ask me for a divorce. Oh, no. That's how bad my, no, seriously, that's how yeah. bad, you know what I mean? Well, all that I experienced. Yeah. And it never dawned on me that my mother had passed away. Oh, gosh. Because last I saw her, she was doing all right. Yeah. You know, and she actually didn't officially, they put COVID on the death certificate, but it was really pneumonia. Mm. You know, I don't want to get into all that, but yeah. she wasn't properly taken care of. And so you and I could die of pneumonia if we're not properly taken right. care of but yeah. I mean, anyone. So, but she comes in and tells me, and I was crushed and devastated. Oh. I was blown. I just, it never dawned on me, Meryl. I just, I knew she was okay. Yeah. But I know now my heart, she was ready. Yeah. And I had told her years before, Ma, if you need to go, me and my, you know, my wife and the kids, we're good. I don't want you to stay around just for me. Mm. And she had so much fun. Like that was my goal yeah. each day to make my mother laugh and she loved my boys. Oh. She had relationships with all four of them. And sometimes it was so deep because even being a little nonverbal, mm -hmm. dementia got worse. She yeah. still loved on them and taught them so many lessons, compassion, empathy, strength, endurance, wisdom, patience, love, kindness. And we still, when we pray, you know, at night and we have memories, they named the elf on the shelf, Grandma, <laughs> you know, Grandma Cheryl after my Aww. mother. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's a beautiful relationship. Mm. And she was a fifth grade teacher and she taught them so many things from the walker and then the wheelchair and just mm -hmm. you know, an amazing Mother and grandmother, you know, she yeah. was the Pisces moon and a Pisces oh, really? oh, my, and a Taurus sun. Oh, she oh. was tough. Yeah. She loved to drive fast. Oh my God. My mom, that Taurus, Taurus you got to watch Tauruses. They were demons. <laughs> yeah. They will drive fast. <laughs> so I always get my clients. If I see that you have Taurus in the third, fifth, sixth, 10th house, mm -hmm. that's one of the first questions I'll ask them. And everybody <laughs> smiles, laughs, and blushes. <laughs> You know, because those are the houses where you're transporting, you know. Right. And, uh, and they're like, how'd you know that? Like, she got tourists there. Tourists drive fast. She's like, yeah, I'd love to. And I was like, I know. My mom used to be like Mario Andretti. And she, you know, she had the tourist son in the third house. She was like, like she would make the car dance and stuff. Oh, she my was, gosh. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. She, was, she was so much fun. <sighs> Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so much about your mom. She sounds like an amazing woman uh, and what a gift she gave to your family. What a gift you gave to her, you know, knowing, you know, not really knowing when she would leave. So, yeah. but that's a beautiful, thank you. <laughs> thank you for allowing me to share. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Gosh, Eric, you have given us so much knowledge, so much wisdom. Um, I, of course, will put up all your links and everything in the show notes to your YouTube and all your websites and everything. Um, is there one last piece of wisdom that you would like to leave? Words of wisdom that you'd like to leave um, with 
everyone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're in 2024. So happy new year to everyone. It's a universal eight year. Yep. Um, and that changes the vibration and frequency. We were coming from a seven, which is more about spirituality and isolation. It's got a Neptune and in Vedic astrology, the K2, which is the South Node energy. And now with the Universal Eight, everyone, you hear everybody talking about it all over the world and, you know, this and that. And then in Chinese astrology, it's a dragon year. But, um, you know, we're also entering in Pluto and Aquarius. So it comes in on January, late night on the 20th, early 21st. And then it will retrograde one last time from September 1st to November 19th. Mm -hmm. Again, at the degree it's at now, that 29th degree, the anoretic degree. And you're seeing all the stuff coming out, whether it's from Epstein's list to oh, this, <laughs> controversy with that and that. Yeah. And, you know, all the structures, because that's what Pluto does. It digs yeah. up. And so in 08 to 24, Pluto Capricorn, but that showed us all the deception and lies and the mortgage and the stock market, mm, government, mm -hmm. politics and the Me Too movement. So that's what's been happening. Right. So all the people who've been on the wrong side of spirituality and creating all the, the abuse, the manipulation, the power control, well, now their kabuppets and their, their karma is coming, coming back on them. Right. So the universal eight year, you have to watch out because yes, it is about manifesting money and power and CEO and building new things and structures in your life. But it's also as above, so down below and mm -hmm. so within as without. It's instant karma. The eight is like infinity. It's, you know, back around, back forth and around. So you also in this year need to be on your best spiritual behavior. <laughs> I tell people, this is not the year to, to lie, cheat, do anybody wrong. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. You should never do that stuff. Right. But for those who are on the edge, right? right. <laughs> this year, definitely don't do it, please. Because you're going to pay. Right. You will pay. So, but I, I, I love to leave people with positivity and, and, and optimistic. Look, we can't lie to each other. The world's crazy right now. From war to famine to abuse to this to that. It, there's too much money, gases, this, everything's too high. It seems like um, someone could say the cosmos is kicking us in the butt. <laughs> right. But what's happening is that we're going through a huge shift. We're ending an age. Ages are a little bit over 2,000 years. We're ending the Piscean age and then going into the age of Aquarius. And that is taking away the veils of the deception and the illusion and bringing in the age of awakening and liberation and freedom. And it's same thing, <clears throat> leaving the Pluto Capricorn since 08, Pluto Aquarius from 24 to 44, and the final, you know, ingress into it will be on November 19th, and it'll be there for 20 years. And that is really bringing in more of a power to the people, where Pluto was the power from the top down. Mm. Capricorn, Pluto and Aquarius is more from the bottom up and to the people, more equality, more, you know, I used to say back in the days, everybody gets a slice of pizza and a Snapple. So now I say <laughs> everybody gets a vegan pizza and some kombucha. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's about equality. It's not about the haves and have nots. It's more about, you know, and I don't even want to get into like socialism or comedy, you know, it's not about any of that. It's just about everybody getting more of a seat at the table 
you know, not having these, you know, situations of such neglect and such poverty and such lack of food. I mean, our, our, our planet is plentiful. Yes. We have more than enough in every nation for every spirit and soul on this planet. But we have people in power who, um, quite frankly, don't want us to not only be alive, but don't want us to have a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. They know their time is up. So that's why things have been so wild and crazy because they're misbehaving because there's, you know, it's like stubborn children who can't get their way. And so, you know, and I think that energetically we're all kind of having an upgrade, even those who choose. And I never judge anyone. We're all like, think of earth as earth school. Mm-hmm. And so where you and I could be ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, well, we could have a friend or family member who's in pre-K, kindergarten, first, second grade. They're no different from us. They're no less than us. They're just in a different vibration and frequency. And they are not awakened or not ready to ascend at this time. But it doesn't mean that they never will. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And you don't put someone in a box or a container. Because I don't know your story. I don't know your chart. You know, you may have your awakening tomorrow and then it like takes off. And then like you're this spiritual guru a year from now and you're way more advanced than anybody. And so it's not a competition. Right. It's not a race. It's just we all have chosen to be here at this time. So there's no victimhood in astrology or spiritually. And we have chosen to be a part of this hashtag new earth and ascending and really leaving the 3d and entering in the 5d where the frequencies of love gratitude and being your authentic self will reign supreme wonderful ah i love it it's going to get it yeah go get it so no excuses let's go (laughs) go be a brave courageous independent leader have fun be a pioneer maverick and go get it done no excuses when the north nodes and aries all right go do it got our orders we'll do it that's right (laughs) oh my goodness well again wow you gave such wonderful uh, gracious with your time and your wonderful wisdom so thank you thank you thank you eric (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you, Merle. This was a pleasure. And, you know, like you said, I know all the information will be, you know, mm-hmm. down below. If people would like, you know, you have questions or, you know, if you ever want to take advantage of my birth chart sale, like Capricorn season right now, it's going to January 20th. Yeah. And you can do either a natal birth chart, solar return or secondary progression. And the regular birth chart is $125, but I'm offering now for all Capricorn sun, moon, and risings for just $100. But then I have another option, and this one I'm really proud of. Most, I don't think any other astrologers do it. But I do also a a chart reading where we're not meeting live on Zoom. Mm. Afterwards, if you want to, you can pay a little extra, a little extra $20 to meet, um, actually $30 to meet for 30 minutes, and you can ask any questions. But the reading is a chart where I do a 40 to 50 minute custom video summary of your life. It's like a mini movie of your life. Wow. Breaking down on video, the entire chart and looking at 
and you get an audio transit reading of your current and future transits in your birth chart, even looking at like Pluto and Aquarius for the next 20 years, uh, Neptune leaving Pisces and Saturn leaving Pisces in 2026 going into Aries. And so I do that. And then along with you also receive videos of all your planetary placements in your chart. So I really give my clients and customers um, um, really like spiritual homework, like, like, yeah. so much. You know, like that, <laughs> right. I, I like to overgive because yeah. <laughs> we, you know, it's not about, you know, telling you, you know, like, you know, giving you fish. I rather mm-hmm. right, old adage, teach you how to fish. Yeah. And so that's what I want, you know, because I want you to be able to learn and that's a great way for you to be like, wow, okay. He explained everything. Like now I know how to, you know, my marching orders, I know how to, you know, and people take out of it whatever they want to take out of it. Mm-hmm. But I also give you the tools to empower you, you right. know, with the learning and learning astrological knowledge. And it's, uh, it's so beneficial. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I wish that I knew what I know now in my 20s. It would have saved a lot of stress, oh. and heartache, and oh, my God. So I love working with, like, Gen Z or younger millennials or, you know, I have, I work with, I've worked with people from Pluto Cancer to Pluto Capricorn, and I love it. No matter the age, I love working with people and doing chart readings, and I can't wait to start doing the Pluto Aquarius babies and seeing their chart because uh, strap on people. We have a new we have a new level of beings coming, to, you know, here on Earth. So it's going to be beautiful. Oh, I love it. All right. Yeah, definitely. You know, look into what Eric has to offer. Oh, clearly I'm, sorry. So, yeah. you can, I'm sorry. You can email me at big oh. e astrology at gmail.com mm-hmm. or you can visit my website. Sign up for my newsletter. Book a lot of my services there at big e astrology dot com. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Eric. I feel very blessed to have had Eric Taylor on the show today. For more information, do check out the show notes to learn more about Eric and definitely check out his Big E Astrology YouTube channel. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us to get the message out there. Thank you for listening and being an important part of the Casual Temple. 